Yeah, that's fine. We're good to go. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Friday Night Counter-Attack. And it's Salim and I back again after the Euro 2020 finals was on Sunday. And uh, it's the end of the tournament. It ended with Italy winning. Both of us thought Italy were going to be strong favourites from the beginning anyway. So it looks like we were both right, but we wanted to be wrong. And we wanted England to surprise us all and win in the final. Yeah. But, uh, penalty shootouts is what define England once again. And unfortunately, there was a lot of um, bad press around the players missing the penalties, especially uh, Bukayo Saka, Marcus Rashford and Jane Sancho. Not particularly the Italian players because obviously they won, but um, it is what it is. Salem, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? Uh, we've left yeah. a couple of days as well, just so we're not still raw from Sunday evening. No, no, I've been quite busy. I've been back in the gym, um, sort of playing football again. So, yeah, quite mm. enjoying it. We had a game on Monday night. We went 3-0 down and we won 5-3. So, it was quite the week so far. I mean... Yeah, time just goes really quick. Yeah. It's been good for me. Uh, I've been working mostly this week. I've got um, got football on Friday again. The Friday night football as well, which will be fun. May end up going to London on the weekend as well. That'll be quite nice to get some, get some, not vibes in, but basically just like have a change of scenery as well. Because it's the summer, you want to try to go different places and be a bit more refreshing as well. And it's Eid next week as well, isn't it? So I want to try to do something different. And uh, I might yeah. see the in-laws as well, which will be quite nice. But um Onwards with the show. I'm looking forward to really discussing this the situation regarding um, the racism in football and the racism in society. Because today, as we were um, just before we were talking, you were the one that was kind of suggesting we should talk about this more so than the actual game. Would you say uh, about the racism? Yeah. Story? If anything, I think that the the issue ahead, the issue sort of on hand, is more important than anything. Obviously, like you know. Football is important to a lot of people, but the fact that, you know, just from missing a penalty, you know, like it happens, you know, obviously we weren't happy with the result, but just because somebody missed the penalty, the first thing that, you know, as soon as he, the three players missed the penalty, I was like, oh, that's sort of BLM gone. Like, you know, the racists are just going to come out and absolutely destroy him. And it's just, can't believe that just for missing a penalty, like it has to resort to something like that. I actually read an article today about um it was sort of like a, a junior like a football coach and his son was in some sort of like um sort of un, like youth team and he said that you know his his dream was to sort of play for England but after what's happened he says that you know sort of if they ever call me up to play like I just want to say no because I, I don't want to go through this and you know it's sort of heartbreaking to hear that you can't play for your own country just because of the fear of you know sort of what these people are doing I mean, it started from the start, really, when they sort of booed the knee. Because I went to the last game at Villa Park uh, against Chelsea, yep. last game of the season. And, you know, the players took the knee and you had people booing. And there weren't that many people in the ground. You know, it was only 10,000 or something. But the the sort of cheers and applause sort of drowned, drowned it out. But you just can't believe that like this is happening. It's 2021 and it's it's still here and it's, you know, sort of everywhere. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that it's still going on and we still have to talk about it. And we did a racism episode, a specific racism episode back in like November, December. And we thought, oh, yeah, things would have changed. It would have been more progression from the authorities, from the social media accounts. And nothing has changed. Nothing has gone onto it as well. And for poor Marcus Rashford, who's done so much for the youth in this country, for the, against the government in this country as well, um, standing up about... Uh, universal tax and helping obviously with the food banks and everything that is done the fact that some people are still like honestly going at him on social media like no holds barred going about racism 
going through like pure hatred and after the Europa League final, even though he had a poor game, it was all about racism for him. He didn't miss a penalty. It was just the fact he had a really poor mm-hmm. game. But they still went after Marcus Rashford's race. Um, the fact that um, recently as well, he was talking about how um, on, on his social media posts, like, at least I'm still a black man from Withenshaw in Manchester. And that's all, I, that's all I can be at the end of the day. And that's what it was. And one thing before I get on to one of the topics uh, regarding this racism as well was the fact that um, when we use social media, on, especially on Instagram now, when we use um, anything that has the word COVID in, there's a yeah. COVID label that comes up at the bottom of yeah. <clears throat> comes up at the bottom yeah, of your yeah, post. That information posting. So I just tried that on our social media yesterday, and it comes up with a COVID banner as well. So I'm just wondering if Instagram has that technology to notify when you've got like COVID in in a in a post, for example, in, or in writing. Why can't they do that with racist wording and racist names and all of that crap? Like, why can't they just censor that? Or why can't they look at blocking said um, said posts yeah. or said pictures that have been posted up or even the accounts in general? Because I know they keep saying, oh, yeah, it's all about free speech and free speech. But there's a limit between free speech and full out abuse, basically. That's how I see it personally. Yeah, it's like we mentioned. I mean, the first step is that every account should be linked to an ID that's sort of you know, number one, that needs to be done ASAP and that will take out a lot of the fake accounts. But then there's people like with real accounts, like there's one that was some sort of like school teacher that was racially abusing Rashford. And can you believe this person is teaching kids? Like, it just doesn't correlate. Like, we've got that many racist people among us, amongst us that, you know, to be honest, they should just all be jailed. Yeah, it's really true because when we're looking at how the country reacted to us losing the final, the fact that we got to a final was amazing and everyone was literally there um, singing this coming home, uh, Southgate, you're the one, whatever it is. Uh, everything was going our way. We were all happy, but we, paint, we were, you and I basically know, Salem, that it's, Italy were a better football inside than England, not just on the day throughout the whole tournament. They're probably the best team in the tournament and people listening won't want to agree, but it's true. They had a quality defence, quality midfield and a fantastic attack. Barring Immobile in the last couple of games, he was kind of a ghost. But the fact that with this England side as well, we had the most amazing start and we ended up losing on penalties. And the fact that it all went down to the racist avenue as opposed to, oh no, we could have done something different. Southgate could have done something different. Penalty takers could have been different. It goes straight down to the racist avenue because that's what's grabbed the headlines over the last few days as well. And what I was reading today was there was a um, petition for live ban from football matches for racists. And that's nearing 1 million signatures. from tonight from my last thread as well like 980,000 uh, signatures have gone on there as well which is crazy but I don't see how we move our way forward because we've suggested previously about how you should have an ID how people should really be getting life bans and they should really be be put on a watch list I remember Safian said they should be put on a watch list um, if if they're being uh, charged for being racist or they've been guilty of being racist but it's, it's, it's a sad situation that we're in. It's a sad situation, like you said, with that player, that if he was to be selected for an England youth team or the national team in the future, you would want to say no, because if he gets something wrong, it will be an attack on his race. And there were people being thrown in the Thames in London. There were people mm. that were literally attacked and stabbed in no London reason. as well. For no reason for having the same colour or similar skin tone to um, to the players that like Mr. Penry. And that has nothing to do with it as well. Yeah, and then there was that, and then sort of English fans were attacking like Italian fans when they've done nothing wrong. They've, their team was just like not even their team; their country's won a game. What what have they done wrong that they deserve to get beaten up? Like, 
they need to be issuing sort of lifetime bans, you know, just they need to do it. It's too, I think it's too lenient in this country. It's way too lenient. It's way too simple to not, to basically just to leave them out because it happened in the Denmark game as well. There's a family that got attacked mm. by England fans during during the, I think it was before the game. But it was awful because you're just like, it's a family coming from Denmark to watch their country in the semi-final, the first one since 1992 for them to yeah. end up getting attacked. And it's awful. And it, you can see why people are like across Europe and across the world don't like England. And we were all just there like, oh yeah, it's England, it's fine. We can, we can improve. But clearly the fans and the, the general public haven't improved at all. And you can see why people are saying, oh no, we shouldn't really be going for a 2030 bid if we're going to have fans that are behaving like that. We had a World Cup in Russia a couple of years ago where everyone was saying how, oh, they're all racist, oh, they're all homophobic. But nothing came publicly. Nothing was shown against uh, racism to like, players from different backgrounds and different countries and different continents. And nothing was going uh, in a homophobic way against and against in a homophobic way. But for England to have some of these games in the Euros this, this time in the Euros, it's ridiculous how England fans have too much entitlement, shall we say, to how they believe football should be done in this country and how they believe that they should just be running through the gates of Wembley because, oh, we're English, we deserve to be here, it's a fine, we deserve to be watching it in our in our local stadium. Like, it's, just, it's, it's a letdown for so many of the general football fans and so many of the, of the good football fans that have followed this English team through thick and thin over the years as well, that this population has been... Um, has had a reputation ruined by these fans. And as you can probably tell, I'm really upset with how it's portrayed English fans across the world and across media as well, which is quite sad. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I was there in London last week. Uh, mm. I went out after, so Italy won. Yeah. And um, I went out after England won as well, sort of either semi-final. But, I mean, the vibes were probably better on the night that Italy won. Yeah. I mean, the fans were a lot more, like, you know, decent, I'd say. A lot more classy as well. Yeah, like when the England when England won, it was a bit more like reckless and stuff. <laughs> there was just like a lot of damage done, mm-hmm. you know, in central London and stuff. But yeah, I mean, there was talk of, you know, not letting fans come to games and stuff, which probably might have to be the way forward. Yeah, I would say so as well, because it, they've just ruined so many different things and they believe it's their, like I said, it's their entitlement to do that. And uh, I, I was lucky enough to go to the game Italy versus Spain in the semi-final as well. And the fans in the stadium, they were all so polite and so nice. And they were obviously passionate about supporting Spain or supporting Italy. The national anthems were mad for both of them as well. But there was no disrespect between any of them. The English fans got along fine with the Italians and the Spanish fans as well. And leaving the ground, we were all safe. Going into the ground, we were all safe, taking pictures with whoever and wherever. And it was perfectly fine. And it was a great experience for me to really think that this is how fans in other countries behave compared to fans in England, which I'm used to, like going to Manchester or... Uh, Birmingham or London to watch games but basically it was, it was a nice experience to really understand how the Spanish and the Italian fans actually celebrate and win, lose a draw and basically enjoy a game, a semi-final like that. I was going to say, so did you go to the final? No, not the final, the semi-final. Uh, just I think the, the final too because you put that photo up but nah. Nah, nah. 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 You did. It was just nah. that photo in the group. Yeah, I, I was basically like, uh, basically, for people who have tried to get tickets from UEFA, they have a UEFA portal where it's basically just there, like, you know what, if you can get these, um, if you can get these tickets, you basically have to be like on the dot straight away. And I got refused so many times 
So I tried to buy the tickets and I got rejected so many times as well. So basically it was in the basket. The payment was going through. So it got rejected and rejected and rejected. So I'm like, there's only so, only so much I can do. But I, I was going to go, but my uncle's friend went. Uh, he went from actually, you actually went from Batley to be fair. My uncle's friend from Batley. Yeah, so he, he went on the Sunday to the game and he had a great time. Arif went as well. Arif went to London as well. So Arif was, he's not on the podcast at the moment, but he went to London with his, I think he went with his friend or two. So basically he enjoyed the vibes and stay in a hotel and watch the game somewhere. And he, he was deflated after the game as well. We were all deflated after the game. But what, what in terms of the football in terms, I know you've got to go in a bit, but how do you see England moving forward from this? Do you think Gareth Southgate is the right man to deal with this? Do you reckon he's still playing favourites with some of these players? Because when I was watching the game, Mason Mount had one of the worst games I've ever seen him play in that final one. I thought he should have been subbed off a lot earlier than when he did personally because he was meant to be our creative spark, but he literally did nothing in that game personally. I think we started well. We played well first half especially, but I think the thing with Southgate is that he's just like an FA man, so he's like a yes man, but he's a good leader as well, but I don't think he's the man to take us forward. Yeah, I feel like we need somebody a bit more like dynamic and risk taking, especially with you know the sort of crop of players we've got at the moment. But you know, I'm not against him as well, except for the sort of agenda he's got against Jack. Yeah, he really did have an agenda. I thought it was literally you pulling strings or taking them in. But when you look at that final, when we were crying out for someone to hold the ball, to carry the ball, to move the ball forward, and we only had two shots on goal in the final out of 120 minutes one of them was the goal in the in the first two or three minutes from luke shaw and i think the other one was like a volley that was i think it was like half half volley from jack Grealish as well which was, which was crazy in extra time but you were just there thinking how can southgate think this is the right thing because it's basically like you're in infested waters and your boat's sinking and someone's coming to literally come and save you but you're like you know what i'll wait for the boat to fully sink then i'll jump out of the boat into your boat it makes yeah, no sense because we got the goal. And we just... Sorry, carry on. You should have brought him on on the hour mark, you know, when we were sort of getting pushed back and there was no, like, out ball for us. Like, to be honest, Italy should never have been allowed to come back into that game, especially after that first half. Exactly. We pressed, we pressed high and, you know, we made it so hard for them to play out. And then it just, like, you know, just faded and it was a completely different game after that. It really was, especially when they had their two changes, Cristante and... Um... I think it was Barali that came on. Uh, Immobile yeah, he came went off, off and yeah. Barella came off for those two. And it was just the fact that they were a bit more dynamic, a bit more free-flowing because Immobile was isolated from Stones and Maguire. So Insigne was playing as like a false line, dropping in and dropping out all the time. And Chiesa was amazing that game. But Chiesa, own... the best player, got injured as well. Mm -hmm. He didn't finish the game. What, did he come off with 10 minutes to go or something? Yeah, it was something like that. And they just needed another player just to get on for penalties as well. So he was someone that was really troubling us. And... Again, I, I know people are going to think that I have something against Mason Mount, but the way he defended that corner against Verratti, who's on the opposite side of the goal, facing away from the goal, when Verratti outmuscled him and he got the touch on to uh, Jordan Pickford, Pickford saved it, and then Benucci bundled it in as well. You're just there like... Literally, everyone else was doing their job and Mason Mount was sleeping in, in that game. And I remember a lot of people were saying, oh, yeah, you can't be giving him stick. And I'm like, everyone deserves stick if they play bad. And he played bad. He got like a three or a four in the Sky Sports rating as well. But for me, yeah. I'm just like, he shouldn't have stayed on for that full 90 minutes. And that's where I think Gareth Southgate needs to change and he needs to adapt. He needs to really think that it's not always about having my favourite players or my most trusted players, shall we say, on the pitch. The thing the is, time. because we had like a defensive five with sort of two sort of 
like in midfield sitting kind of well not sitters but more defensive players we needed the front three to be just attacking but Mount isn't that player he had to be like Jack or Sancho or like a Foden that kind of player but Foden was injured obviously even Saka I didn't see why Saka deserves to be dropped from the Denmark game because he was someone that when he came on obviously there's that picture of Chiellini pulling his shirt all the way back but he was literally ready to take players on -on one-on-one and he had no fear in that game obviously besides the penalty but he had no fear in that game really chasing the ball down playing in the middle of the park because when he was on Grealish was on the left and he was in the middle and Sterling went on to the right as well went to a 4-2-3-1 and it just showed that Sancho uh, Sancho really was surplus to requirements when Saka was playing like that in many different positions in many different systems and he did it for Gareth Southgate and you can't and you can't end up wondering why Sancho was even in that in that uh, predicament when he came on and Rashford came on for what two three minutes left at right back yeah at right back as well but I know they had to take off walk and they took off someone else I think it's Henderson they took off again yeah for the penalties but what did you make of that because a lot of people are saying oh yeah they should have been warmed up but I've seen players like Giuliano Belletti for example for Chelsea he came on at 119 minutes in the Champions League final for a penalty and he scored. Like all he did was walk on the pitch, take a penalty, and he scored for them. Yeah, even, even we did that in the playoff semi-final. We brought uh, Mil Yedinak on, mm. literally for a minute, and he scored his pen. And he went. I think I think he got he got it wrong, you know, in, in terms of takers and stuff. But you know, at least like they they stepped up, whoever stepped up, and his respect to them. But the takers were wrong. Yeah, initially, like I think Sterling and Sterling and Jack both should have taken one rather than Sancho and Saka. It's easy to say now because they've obviously missed, but. I think the reasonable choice from the start would have been that. Yeah, I agree with you as well. It would have been something that you'd have liked to have seen. You'd have been able to see a bit more of the players that who were already involved in the game, but someone who's had a couple of shots in the game. Raheem Sterling's taken penalties at Wembley before in the League Cup finals once or twice before as well. And has taken penalties for Man City in the past. And Jack Grealish, I'm not sure. I don't think he's a penalty taker for Aston Villa, but he's taken penalties. No, he's, he's missed one against uh, Sheffield United, but he scored one in the playoff semi. That was it. It was against West Brom, was it? Yeah. Yeah, West Brom. That was it. That's cool. Um, but yeah, that was kind of how, how I was thinking about England because I think we've got a way forward with Gareth Southgate. It's just the fact that he needs to change a bit more of his characteristics and I think it will be good. I think we'll be okay and it's going to be a fun ride to go. Anyway, I need to sort of move my... Anyway, this hasn't been the most long of the longest of Friday Night Counter Attack podcast, but you can still tell we're both upset about the result. And uh, we'll be back over the summer with more episodes. And we pre recorded a lot of episodes of interviews going forward. So, Salem, thanks for the conversation as always. Look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks at um, Hall of Fame Mania. We'll see Hall you then. Fame, yes. And Friday no worries, Night as well. But uh, I'll see you soon, Salem. Thanks for Sorry. listening, everyone. Take care and goodbye. Bye.